0: Monica, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to speak with you. Um, you have some information that I'm so uh, excited to know about the relationship and intimacy expert. that is so good and so necessary. But first, <laughs> I, I just really want to know you said you're married. How long um, have you been married and when did you meet your, your spouse?
1: We're just about to celebrate our 19th wedding anniversary, but we've known each other for a little over 20 years. Okay. Uh, we have four children and two businesses. So, Wow. Four <laughs> children and two businesses. So did you have your children
0: back to back?
1: They're, well, the first two were three years apart, then two years apart, then three years apart again. So... Um, we so when we got married, we started our first business together, okay. and I ran that with him. We we did it together until I had my third baby. Okay, your third. Then I pulled myself out of the business. I was like, "Listen, you either need to hire people to replace okay. me, or to me into the funny farm." <laughs> yes, so. so I'm I'm interested
0: in knowing how that was. You you um, were running a business with um, two children uh how did you balance all of that like did you let your children go to daycare or were you some of those you know who wasn't really with you know the daycare?
1: you know we were lucky we ran the business out of the back of his mom's house his mom has a big shop area and so when we were especially when we we're first starting out we just ran it out of the back of the shop mm-hmm. uh, and then i was able to do a lot of things from home as our family grew but Uh, we had our local business and then my husband also had an office that he ran in Texas, which is, you know, several States away. And so, um, it, it, when it got to be like payroll deadlines and I was like nursing a baby and people get Mm -hmm. really grumpy when you don't get, get them their paychecks on time. And I was dealing with dealing with two different States. I was just like, um, I can't do this anymore. So what business was that? um he runs a residential and commercial pest control business
0: oh so we wow okay
1: and you know had a lot of employees and a lot of you know things that would happen and um we eventually kind of slowly as i had more kids would kind of hire people to do the different things but the last thing i was doing was all of the accounting and payroll and things like that all wow, the administrative stuff the- yeah and so with those kinds of deadlines though and trying to figure out payroll in two different states and nursing a baby and having a busy toddler and it was just a little too much for me. So that Christmas we joke, I got an accountant and a bookkeeper for Christmas. Okay, come on.
0: (laughs) Seriously. So I wanted, because I'm interested in knowing a little bit about this. Um, Were you nervous to continue having kids? You know, like some people want to go into business and they just think about how much you know, time it might take away from the businesses. They have children right now, if they have one, that's fine. But if they have two, I'm kind of scared, you know. Did you have any of those
1: anxieties? You know, not anxieties about having kids. I mean, it's kind of like you don't know what you don't know. And I just Mm -hmm. did the best that I could, um, you know, with what we had. And, And my husband and I worked very well together, even though we're totally opposite, which is really interesting. Most of the decisions that we make and, and things like that are, are very different from each other or very complementary. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but you know we just we just juggled it, we just did it until we couldn't do it anymore. Um, and so then I did stay home with the kids and we had our fourth. And um, but I it wasn't too long before I realized I needed my own kind of creative outlet. Like my okay. husband was running the business and you know I helped here and there with things. Um, but I, I kind of wanted my own thing. And so I started this little crafting boutique from my house. It was kind of like when my kids were napping or or asleep and it was just something I could do with my hands and use my creativity that grew into a big business that I eventually sold wow did learn how to juggle you know businesses and kids and family life and all of the messy in between we learned some very hard lessons during that period of time don't get me wrong um but you know, it's, you know, it, it, for me, it was a creative outlet. It was a way for me to express myself, have a little bit of my own kind mm-hmm. of money that I didn't have to account right. for else, you know, it just, it, it, kind of gave me a little bit of a purpose besides wiping butts. And
0: exactly. You know, <laughs> and what made you sell that, um, bow business that's what it's called.
1: Yeah. So, um. So I eventually decided to sell that to go back into my first love, which was working with couples. So when I graduated way back 20 years ago from college, I wanted to be a marriage and family counselor. I wanted to help couples. And so uh, this, this boutique business was really fun, but it could, it had kind of run its course. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to work with couples and from what I have learned juggling two businesses and a lot of babies and, and all of the things I knew that entrepreneurs needed help because that is, those are big challenges. And I wish that someone had been there kind of in the beginning times to help me realize like, you know, you've got to prioritize each other first and then kids, and then your business. Right. And like those are the things that I learned and that's what I coach couples today. So
0: Wow. Um so that's very interesting. So since you're a relationship and intimacy expert, do you um consider yourself to have a successful marriage?
1: I do. I mean, you know, no marriage is perfect, but mm-hmm. man, I tell you, my husband and I We love each other. I always say my husband and I love each other more than any two people on the face of the planet, but I would love to help you feel that way about your own marriage as well. I don't think we've cornered the market on that, but I certainly feel like I I got in in light of St. Patrick's day, I got lucky.
0: Oh, that's good. Right.
1: (laughs) What do you think um, in
0: your um, marriage? What was one of the hardest um, things that you had to overcome?
1: You know for me it was you know kind of my the the issues and baggage that i brought into the marriage which was a okay. lot of abandonment i you know i always felt like the bottom was about to drop out and so a lot of my kind of wounds and my baggage had to do with i just felt like he was gonna up and leave at some point right mm. it, it was And it was like a lot of me learning that I couldn't control all of the factors. Right? So you can imagine with all these little babies and businesses and I couldn't control everything. And so it was a lot of me letting go of control and kind of facing my fear that, you know, having the perfect life, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to have the perfect life and I wanted to be in control of all of that. So it was kind of like, Letting go, giving it up to God and just recognizing that this is my story. My husband and I get to write our love story however we want. And my story doesn't have to be my parents' story or my grandparents' story. Um, and so those were a lot of the the challenges that we kind of overcame together.
0: That's really good. Um, so it's a, it was, when you started, you were dealing with abandonment issues and you were able to get over that. And as a relationship uh, coach, therapist, counselor, marriage counselor, um, have you seen that a lot with the women or even men that you work with that they have abandonment issues?
1: Well, I think everybody comes into the marriage with some kind of wounding, (laughs) right? So no matter who you are, no matter how perfectly you grew up, there's some sort of wounding that came from either your upbringing or from past relationships. And so abandonment is a big one. You know, these, these underlying, um, fear of rejection is a big one. Um, there's all kinds of trauma and wounds, but, but we all have them like that's part of our development and growing up and learning, um, how to kind of overcome this wounding that we got. In our childhood, everybody has it, right? Right. And so, the thing that I love working through with couples is recognizing the negative patterns of interaction that they've created in their relationship. So there's <laughs> Uh, when you, when there's wounds and t- triggers, we, we create these patterns of interaction that we get stuck in as couples. So typically the, the big three are kind of this attack, attack pattern, attack, withdraw pattern, or withdraw, withdraw. Those are the three big ones okay. and our, our wounds and our triggers and our behaviors get us caught in these negative cycles where people feel like we need better communication or they don't feel loved or they feel very disconnected or they start to feel like roommates. All of these are symptoms of the patterns of interaction that they've formed in their relationship. Mm -hmm. And it's not until they can step back away a little bit and recognize those patterns that they can break out of them and create new, really beautiful patterns and heal those wounds with each other. So um, I I mean, that's one of, it's one of the most difficult thing that I Mm -hmm. do with with um the couples that i work with but it's also the most beautiful and the most rewarding right
0: so when you were um when you overcame your own uh issue how, how what did you what methods did you use to overcome that
1: well mine was very 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 painful i i dealt with crippling anxiety i was so 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 afraid that my husband was to leave me that i pushed him away all the time right and i developed this debilitating anxiety. And it wasn't, it, it wasn't until I was able to face my biggest fear, which was literally divorce, my husband walking out taking the kids and everything that I loved and care about away from me. It wasn't until I faced it, recognized it and could face it mm-hmm. a, and accept it. Like that yeah. is a possibility. When we get married and we, we, we pledge our lives to each other and we create this life together, it is a possibility that our spouse could choose to leave or something could happen to them, right? And so it was when I faced that head on and I said, okay, if that were to happen, I would find a way to heal from that, right? So it was when I stopped and said, this is the worst case scenario. This is what keeps me paralyzed with fear. And even if this were to happen, I could keep going. And it was like this long process of healing that really allowed me to go on and be like, I'm not afraid of this anymore. This could happen, but it's not going to. And so I just live my life in the best way that I possibly can.
0: That is so good because in that moment, you took responsibility that it was you who was the issue. A lot of people, if they're thinking that um, my husband might they'll be blaming them. Are you doing something? It's not oh, them. No. And, yeah, and, and, and when we're able to face that fear, we're free.
1: Yes,
0: we're free. And that's and I believe a lot of people struggle with that. Is he going to leave me? Is, and the thing is, what if he does? That's not your source. That's not where your identity lies. And sometimes I think people get into relationships because they want their, because that's where their identity lies. They have said, this is what's going to make my life better. And it become idolatry. So uh, I believe that you set yourself free from idolizing um, marriage you know, from idolizing marriage and, and idolizing maybe even your husband. And, uh, that idolatry is what traps us. And, um, the fact that you were able to face it, what if, and that's some, sometimes that's my prayer. I say, you know, we think about people who we love. Um, we we don't want them to die that's the, we know everyone's gonna die or leave um, one day and then we're like oh god please protect them but what if it's their time you know we pray for protection but the real prayer is give me peace for when or if this does happen because i can't control everything so give me peace,
1: peace. Yeah, you just, you just like hit the nail on the head. Like we try so hard to control everything and it's not until we let go of that control and recognize that we can only control our story, right? We have so much more control than we think we do when we're trying to control everything, but it's not until we give up that control that we actually get to create our own reality, just controlling what we have which is ourselves, which is really, really beautiful. And how you said that, yes.
0: So I want to get into the relationship and intimacy expert. What is that? How did you know? How did you even know how to become an intimacy expert? That sounds good. Sounds good.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, I'm obsessed with marriage, right? And strong (laughs) relationships. And one of the most important aspects and the only thing that separates your marriage relationship from any other relationship is that sexual intimacy, right? And so, so many couples struggle with that because... You know, I can be really intimate with you because you're my friend and intimate with my kids. But the only thing that separates those relationships from the one I have with my husband is this physical intimacy that we get to like partake in together, right? And so many marriages struggle with that aspect of their relationship. And so they become roommates or they become you know, enemies you know, or, or, or their marriage falls apart. Right. So the, like, those are kind of the choices. If you don't embrace that sexual aspect of your relationship.
0: Right. What if they're not having sexual relations because one person doesn't like it? What would, how would you come in and help that?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's very, very layered. Like we'd have to find out why don't you like it? Right. There's so many things um that 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 could be playing into that idea but so much of it has to do with stories just like our fears about our relationship it's the story you're telling yourself about what sexual intimacy is maybe your experiences um, so it, it's it's a lot of untethering all of that to find out really the root of you know what is keeping you from okay. sharing yourself completely with your partner
0: Okay, so you don't really go over, maybe it's different positions and, you know.
1: (laughs) When I started, I thought I'll just teach people how to have great sex and the problem will be solved, right? But the truth is, is that doesn't work, right? I can teach you all the techniques in the whole wide world, but if the emotional and physical intimacy isn't there, you can be hanging from the chandeliers and still hate it, right? Right. (laughs)
0: <laughs> You're so funny <laughs> hanging from the chandelier. <laughs> yeah, you could actually. So um, what kind of things have you found are underlying conditions of why the the great sexual relationship is not there?
1: Well, a lot of it just has to do with our programming, what we learned growing up. A lot of us grew up in households where sex wasn't talked about or where it was shamed. And so the first thing we have to do is get rid of that programming and reprogram with, with a a healthy idea of what sexuality and connection is. And then we have to really combine emotional and physical intimacy because you really can't have one without the other. And so once we start to kind of get rid of those false ideas and, um, you know, kind of the shame or guilt around different ideas around our sexuality, we start to develop because Our our sexuality is part of our wholeness. Just like, you know, you have to develop your intellect by going to school. You have to develop your physicality by, by working out, going to the gym, learning different sports, right? You have to develop your sexuality just like any other part of yourself. And so once we kind of parse that out and we find out what you think about sex, what you've already been programmed about it, and then we start to develop it and grow it just like anything else.
0: Right. I mean, that's really good. So what have people who went to you? What what was what's the review? How long does it take them to, I guess, become great in their sexual lives again? And you know, what <laughs> it do they say? where
1: they start, right? I okay. mean, it definitely depends on where you're starting from. But typically I work with couples, high achieving couples, um, entrepreneurial couples that they they generally have a good relationship but you know they either struggle with prioritizing each other, making time for each other, or, or just you know being able to untether themselves from the stress of running a business or mm-hmm. or you know running the running in that rat race, right? To be right. able to really connect and enjoy each other. So my program is called Training in the Art of Sex Espionage, and it's okay. it's like a whole spy program, right? So espionage is mm-hmm. spying and lying. On your enemies right so that that's what spy that's what espionage spies mm-hmm. do but sex espionage spies become very skilled in communicating and connecting with their partner in crime creating an unbreakable bond so there's lots of innuendos and there's lots of you know bond references mm-hmm. spy references but we learn the skills of relationships yeah. and how to build a really firm foundation of emotional intimacy first a lot of people are surprised it's it's a 12 week program and we don't even okay. start talking about sex. We don't even mm-hmm. bring it up until week eight or nine. So oh, wow. there's a lot of setting that foundation of friendship and trust and safety before we ever even start talking about the physical aspects of sex.
0: Right. And I have one more question um, before I let you go. I do want to know what your website is and, and while you're uh, tell or answering this question, um, i mean tell me your website i want you to answer this question what do you do about um the maybe it's one spouse maybe it's the wife or the husband they really um have admitted to themselves that they need your help they want to save their marriage but the other spouse is like "We don't need that um, <laughs> you know yeah that's a lot how do you address yeah. that yeah you address
1: that? so uh, so,
0: and what's your website real quick before you say that
1: the, my website is www.onthebrightersideofmarriage.com. Okay. So just Go on ahead. The brighter side of marriage. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I always say you can change your marriage on your own. Um, mm-hmm. two heads are better than one. I mm-hmm. typically work with couples together, mm-hmm. but usually there's one that's a little more excited than the other but my program is really, really fun. And it's meant to involve both partners Mm -hmm. and there's dates throughout one of the biggest, one of the biggest secrets I think is date night. Like, It sounds so simple, but most people don't do it. And so date nights is like the minimum requirement. You have to have both spouses willing to go on a weekly date night for my program to work. So I take couples on on a case-by-case basis. They do apply to work with me. Um, And if they're not at the level to work with me, then I have lots and lots of other relationship experts, depending on what their, their biggest challenges are that I refer out to. But when they're ready to really step up their, their sex espionage game and learn how to become spies, then, then they can come and work with me. So typically it takes both of them, not, they don't always go through the program, but minimum requirement, they have to be willing to go out on weekly date nights together.
0: That actually sounds really fun. It (laughs) sounds, it does. It sounds fun. And it sounds like
1: you That's know how you complete this is, your missions right yeah right during the week and then you go on your date night to complete your missions That's i
0: like that I that sounds like so much fun um you know sex spionage. how like how would how would even anybody know that this is an option because this is like creative um <laughs> therapy
1: you know, and I always say I'm not a therapist. Like I right. don't want to be a therapist. I went back to school. Actually, this is part of my story. I went back to school to become mm-hmm. a therapist. And I got a year into that program and I couldn't do it. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't want to wait until couples are like right. the last straw. Like I want to help them before right. they ever get to that point. Um, and so so it's definitely not therapy, but it is a lot of skills, right? Of coaching. Mm-hmm. Um and it's, it's just, I mean, it's, it's couples who know that by investing in their relationship, okay. investing in themselves, that they will improve all the other aspects of their right. life, They'll become better parents, they will become better business owners, they will mm-hmm. become better people in general, because that relationship is really you know the the flow point of everything else. right it
0: is it is and that is that what you like when you said you only work with high achieving couples um can you just well, clarify what you mean as sure, high achieving? it's
1: couples that have big goals and big okay goals. They know they're sent here to earth to accomplish big things, right? Mm -hmm. And so, but sometimes that keeps them from connecting with each other because they both have these big goals or one of them has these big goals and they feel like the other one isn't, right? And Mm -hmm. so it's typically those couples that know that they need to develop these skills and learn these things so that they can keep going in the same direction with each other.
0: Yes, I mean, that was really good. Um, Monica, I really appreciate you for giving us your time, um, explaining what a relationship and intimacy sex expert does, what one is. I mean, it seems like fun. I feel like I almost want to take the course. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> right. No, seriously. And um, so, you know, stay connected. Um, it's plenty of people in this group who I know, you know need your help and i uh, you have a podcast
1: yes it's called on the brighter side marriage for entrepreneurs so on the podcast i typically um i either interview high achieving couples who have learned different lessons as they juggle marriage family life and entrepreneurship or Um, Experts that come in and talk about different aspects of or 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 I'll teach about different aspects of how to juggle and manage those things because it's hard. Right. We it's and the easiest thing is to leave the marriage for last, right? Because mm-hmm. our, when we're, when we own a business, our clients and our customers, they pay us. So we, show yeah. up. <laughs> our kids, they can't wipe their own butts or make their own food yeah. or drive themselves places. So we show up for them because they need us and our spouses often get left to last. So we flip those things. We teach, wow. we teach entrepreneurs how to prioritize their marriage so that everything else gets better
0: that is so needed and that is so good um wow thank you look i'm over here thinking about my own life <laughs>
1: <laughs> no seriously I was thinking, that was thinking, <laughs> the program. it's so much fun
0: yeah it sounds like fun but anyway thank you so much monica and i look forward to um even um, maybe coming on your podcast one day um you. yeah let's stay connected and um we'll talk soon
1: Awesome. Thank you so, so much.
0: All right. Bye-bye.